Welcome to the Moto Moves Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Moves Podcast. It's your host, Bianca. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning back in. And hopefully you guys were able to listen to last week's um, episode. If not, um, just, I guess, trigger warning for this video or <sighs> episode two for this recording. Um, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about domestic violence. Um, I'm going to cover domestic violence during pregnancy since I did experience that And um, I think it's another important topic that we talk about because um, I don't know how many people are aware or even realize that um, it happens more often than not and how dangerous and critical it is um, in our society right now. Um, So that's kind of where I wanted to what I wanted to talk about at this time. Um, So uh, I want to start off with some facts like I did um, previously. Uh, It says that domestic violence during pregnancy is three times more likely uh, to, or people that experience, sorry, um, domestic violence during pregnancy are more likely to report um, depression and postpartum depression um, than those that did not experience domestic violence. And um, domestic violence also uh, creates a risk for the baby. Um, Most uh, domestic violence um, babies are born with low birth weight um, or most likely preterm births. And it can have uh, physical and psychological effects to both the mother and the fetus for women that are being abused during pregnancy, whether it's verbal, physical, or emotional. So I think that's really important to take into account because, um, you know, we always talk about how um, everything as a pregnant woman affects the baby, right? Like you can't have fish and you have to limit caffeine, you can't have alcohol, you can't smoke, and um, you have to try to be calm and not stress yourself out because of all those things the baby feels, right? And so uh, it's important to acknowledge that abuse um, also affects the fetus uh, while the mother is pregnant, um, and it affects the fetus and the mother physically and psychologically. So that's something important to take account into. I think sometimes people um, minimize the the fact of um, how the outside world and the outside environment affects, you know, fetuses. Um, domestic violence in pregnancy is obviously um, connected to miscarriages and low birth weights, um, fetal injuries, and even death of the fetus. 
and um, 3% to 6% of pregnant women in the United States experience a physical form of domestic violence during pregnancy. And so it is actually um, one of the um, one of the higher causes of death in women. Um, it's domestic violence during pregnancy. So that's also interesting and important, right? Um, it, it, it kills more pregnant women every year than any other cause. Really think about that. Domestic violence kills more pregnant women each year than any other cause. Um, so that's that's interesting and scary and just vile in itself. Um, and so um, with that, all that being said, um, I, I think that when you are in, in a violent environment and relationship, um, and those boundaries are are crossed. Um, there's no limit, right? And so, um, I always advise people. That's my first piece of advice when I meet a new couple, or engaged couple, or a newlywed couple. Um, I always tell them, make sure you have boundaries. Don't disrespect each other. Don't cross that line. Um, because once you cross it, it's really easy to, it's really hard to come back from that. Um, so you will have to really um, try to stay true to your boundaries. And um, I know that in relationships, especially long, you know, long relationships where you have real life problems, right? And, and life can get stressful, right? We can lose jobs or we can almost lose our home or, um, there's just family issues, uh, whatever that might be, right? Um, with our siblings, our parents, our spouse, our kids. I think kids are a number one stressor in relationships and marriages. Um, so I know that that can put a strain on people's relationships. And so I think that it's important to, um, in those moments where we feel really heated and passionate about what our issues are and our sides are, to always um, keep an open mind and remember to not cross boundaries, even ourselves, right? I'm not talking about like um, our other partner because it's always easy to like place blame or say like, hey, you don't do this, even ourselves, right? Because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. Um, in many scenarios and many relationships, whether it has been a disagreement or an issue or a stressful situation with my mother, my brother, my spouse, my kids, um, at work, friends. Um, sometimes it's really hard to keep a level head when you're really, really passionate about something. And so um, the longer you're in a relationship, I think the more passionate you become about certain things, right? And so, um, and it's stressful, right? Because now when you're in a relationship, you have finances and your relationship and, and your children and your responsibilities and your bills and your job. And so um, those can kind of pile on you. And sometimes 
Um, when you're so stressed, you cannot think logically. And when you're in a heated argument, um, we do tend to cross the line, right? We do tend to try to say either hurtful things or um, create an environment where we feel like we need to do things to get attention, to be heard and, and situations like that, right? So uh, my advice is always try your best to keep boundaries and not to cross them because once you do, um, it's really hard to come back from that, right? Um, I think that if you put your hands on someone once, you'll do it again. I think that if you uh, call somebody a really, really bad name or degrade them or insult them, um, you'll do it again. Um, because you've already crossed that line, it's so easy once you do it to apologize, and then uh, the, it's easy to do it again. I think the hardest thing is to do it the first time, right? Um, if you can keep yourself from doing any of those things, uh, you create a stronger bond and um, significance of respect between each other. And so, um, having been in that situation, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And so that is always my first piece of advice. If anyone ever asks me, and even if they don't, it's always, it's always unsolicited advice. I just go ahead and say it. Um, just because, you know, I never thought I'd see myself in a situation like that. And because the first time and the second time and the third time, I really thought there was some coming back from that. But the reality is, is that there isn't, you know, once you cross those boundaries of respect, you, you really lose them. Um, and it's just human nature, uh, you know, because I think subconsciously you're like, oh, well, I didn't and I was sorry. And so now it's okay. Um, you know, then when you get heated again or passionate or whatever and situations arise, it's really hard to, you know, you've already, um, you've already like, gone beyond that self-control point. So it's easy for your, your body to kind of lose themselves in that moment, you know, kind of like muscle memory. Um, so anyway, uh, enough about that. So anyway, back to, back to my point. Um, so yeah, I think that we always have to create clear boundaries, um, no matter how difficult it might be. Um, because, uh, the lines will get blurred and, and, and then it's much harder, I think, to come back from that. And, um, I know that, um, in my relationship, when I was pregnant, I, um, experienced domestic violence during my pregnancy. And, um, I want to say that that was one of the most unbelievable experiences in my life I remember thinking like what the hell <laughs> this is your child that I'm carrying you know um I know that we were already having violent um episodes in the home and in our relationship prior to getting pregnant but I I really believed that things would be different and they weren't and um, I did have a lot of pregnancy issues and back then being so young and not having the knowledge or the ability to be able to research like you can now or even the support right because um 
I was so secluded and, and um, detained from everyone. So uh, it, it was really hard to, you know, really try to connect the pieces. Um, but I did uh, have a really rough pregnancy. I had a lot of ailments and um, and just issues. I was in the hospital, in and out. And for the longest time, they're just like, oh, well, there's nothing wrong. You just need to drink more water. Um, stuff like that, regular military uh, advice, medical advice. And so um, that's kind of what I did. But I knew that I didn't feel well and I didn't put two and two together. And I do think that for the majority of the time of my pregnancy, I was very depressed for many reasons. Um, we had no money and um, and my environment was just very toxic, right? And so I remember, I think the, f- the not the first, but one of the, I guess, nonviolent um, uh, actions of abuse, I think, were when um, my my uh my husband at the time would tell me like oh i'm not buying anything for the baby we're not we're not buying anything and i was like well how are we supposed to care for the baby no i'm not buying anything and so i remember we used to go to the px and stuff and i'd look at the baby section and i would just like long for even like a baby bib you know or like baby socks and he'd be like, no, um, you're not getting that. We're not getting anything. And for the longest time, I didn't have anything for her. And um, it was really sad. It was a control thing, right? And I don't know really what was going on through his mind. But I mean, man, that would make me so sad. And I would just, I was so excited, you know, um, to have her and uh, that was definitely one of the the things that I remember that was so emotionally um, hurtful during my pregnancy. And maybe you, you hear this and you might think like, okay, big deal, but it's really sad. We, I really didn't have anything for her for a really, really long time. Um, and... Uh, And I was too scared to do it on my own, to get it on my own, even though I had access to the money because I thought, oh, he's going to get pissed. Do you know what's going to happen then? Um, but I guess that was like the minimal part of the abuse while I was pregnant. Um, and then, of course, came, you know, the verbal abuse and calling me, you know, disgusting and fat and, you know, all these things that it's like, well, I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh I don't know what is what else is supposed to happen. I'm supposed to get bigger, you know. Um, and I think that was, you know, very emotionally hurtful. And it was difficult um, to deal with. I think that um, already in a normal or healthy relationship when you get pregnant, um, you know, that is a concern for you. You know, you start worrying about how much weight you're gaining um, and things like that, which we shouldn't, but I think it's a societal issue more than anything now nowadays. Um, 
but you know, so that that was hurtful. But I think the big, the biggest thing was the physical abuse, right? Um, being pushed and kicked and uh, being put in a chokehold and being slammed down, face down on my belly. Uh, those are experiences that I remember um, as I was going through them that I couldn't believe that someone would do that to the mother of their own child. And it's scary. Uh, And then you start thinking, well, I need to comply because like, what if he kills the baby, right? Like, what if I get injured enough to kill the baby and so then you start complying and try to fix fix quote unquote I have an air quotes fix your behavior um to make sure that these things don't happen again to keep yourself and baby safe right and so um it's really a very trying and confusing time because you don't know what the right thing to do is um mostly out of fear. And like I said, you know, in the last episode, fear, fear can do many things, right? Fear can paralyze you. Fear can make you rise and fear can make you run. And, um, and so for me at one point I did, I did run, um, I was pregnant. Uh, if you haven't heard the story yet, um, we got into it for some reason. I don't even know. And he was acting crazier than normal. Um, I couldn't even get up to use the restroom. I would try to get up and pee. And in his sleep, he would like grab my arm. Like he wouldn't even open his eyes. He just knew where I was. And he sm- and you know, he'd be like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to pee. And so I, uh, <laughs> I very uh, logistically planned my way out. So I went to go pee once and I packed my toothbrush because I don't know why that was important, but it was. Then I went and I grabbed some extra underwear. I put it by the dresser. Then I went and peed again. Every time I went up to go use the restroom, he would like grab me in the middle of the night with his eyes closed. Where are you going? Um, I grabbed enough things and I literally jumped out the window and I drove off in our only car with the door open um, to one of his Marines wife's house and I stayed there for a couple days. And of course he threatened me and that he was going to call the cops and that I stole the car, which by the way, the car was under my mom's name. So whatever. Um, and you know, he just tried to do all these things, but I was just so scared, right. For the baby, I think more than anything than myself. And I did work up the courage to get out of there that day. But unfortunately I came back, um, for the same reasons that a lot of us stay. Uh, I was pregnant, <clears throat> had no money, had no job, had nowhere to go. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Um, maybe he, he's learned his lesson, right? Maybe he knows I'm serious, I'll leave and things will change. But unfortunately for me and unfortunately for my daughter, uh, that did not happen. <laughs> uh, the abuse continued. 
and um, and I stayed. And but um, my pregnancy did get rougher, um, as as in my condition. Um, she was born early. She was born underweight, and um, it was terrible. It, it really was. Um, when I went into labor, he disappeared the whole day. He wasn't even there, which I guess maybe was fine. Uh, in the scope of things now, you know, in retrospect. Um, and it, oh, we ended up having a bunch of stuff for her. My cousin threw this beautiful surprise baby shower for me um, that I didn't expect. And then I uh, had another Marine friend, she threw a baby shower for me. And so uh, my daughter was super blessed to have um, more than enough things um, that we literally didn't have. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When we found out her gender, we did the 3D ultrasound. Um, that day, uh, I bought a bib and some booties, I think. And that was literally all we had for her. And if it wouldn't have been for um, those two baby showers, thanks to my cousin and thanks to my friend, thanks, Myrna and Sophie, uh, we, I, she wouldn't have had anything. Um, but yeah, as soon as I came home with her, uh, you know, she had latching issues. She was tongue tied and, um, she couldn't latch. And so that became a big problem at home. And he started threatening me that if I didn't feed her, even though we had formula, okay. Formula, I guess was not feeding. Um, he threatened to call social services on me and have her taken from me. He called my family and threatened them and told them that he was going to call social services on me. So even through the pregnancy, I mean, being abused before through, and as soon as I come home, I go back to this mental and emotional, psychological abuse, right? And um, I remember one day I got really pissed and I said, you know what? Call social services, call them. And I left and I said, they're the bottles there's the formula feed her and oh man i that was probably one of the biggest mistakes i could have ever made i mean hell broke fucking loose in that house um but i think i was just so tired of being beaten down it was like no matter what i did i was wrong and i was exhausted and she wasn't feeding and she was cranky because she was hungry. And um, even when she drank from the bottle, it would all fall out because she was tongue tied. So she couldn't even latch to the nipple of the bottle. So it was really difficult. It was a very difficult first time mom situation, right? It's really hard to be a first time mom to begin with. But man, um, we really had some struggles or I really had some struggles with her, you know, when she was first born. And I mean, it was just unbelievable, you know, and I think back to myself and I can't believe how much I endured. Um, and I can't believe that, you know, my daughter made it uh, through all that physical abuse um, and all that emotional abuse. And, and you, you know, you think, how does that affect them, that environment, you know, of hearing the yelling and the screaming and the crying and the threatening when you come into this world in this brand new home um, where you're supposed to just, 
you know, feel loved. And I think that it makes me sad to know that that is not the environment that she was able to come into the world to. And so I feel really, really guilty still um, for staying for so long and allowing to bring her in such an environment. And I'm so sorry for that. She didn't deserve that, and it was not fair to her. Um, But these are things that happen every day to women. And um, we need to create awareness for that, and we need to create the safe space because it is scary in, in that environment. You really don't know what the right thing to do is. You're constantly fearing for your life and fearing for your children's lives. And so um, I don't know, honestly, what it is that we can do to to make it easier, safer, better. I just know that I was scared to death when I was in that situation. And I felt like I couldn't go to anyone. And... um, And I think that that's how all of us feel uh, in that situation. Um, We're bombarded with uh, so many what ifs that we can't think clearly. Um, And we know, you know, we're smart. We know in the back of our head subconsciously that we need to get out. Um, But it's not that easy uh, because you think that I used to think um, if he's capable of doing this to me right now, in all these situations, right? Um, What else is he capable of doing? And many times, um, some people don't even have to wonder those, many people don't make it out, right? Many, many people don't make it out of um, domestic abuse, uh, abusive relationships. Um, And so I think that's, that's where our mindset is all the time when we're in that kind of environment, Uh, we're afraid to lose our lives. And we're afraid for those close to us to lose their lives um, or to be hurt. And um, I think we need to do better. Um, I don't know what that is. And that's why I decided to come forward and try to create awareness and um, some kind of support for women in, in this kind of situation. Because I know that I didn't feel like I had that when I was going through it, not as a military spouse, definitely not in the military. Um, and even if it wasn't military, it was hard. I didn't even, I didn't know how to approach my family or, or the police or anything, you know, there's no guarantees, right? Um, we get a restraining order and we get told like, that's, that's our protection. And so, um, waving a piece of paper, which I've had, by the way, um, does nothing, uh, to a person that could give a shit about your life, um, or even theirs for that matter, a piece of paper does nothing. You can wave it in their face. You can call the cops. And by the time they get there, they've already caused damage. Um, so I think we need to figure out better steps to, um, how to, you know, protect, to protect us and, um, how to continue protecting us. And so, um, I think, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. And, 
just remember that if you are going through this, um, you're going to make it out and you're strong enough. And I know you might feel like um, there's no way out, but there is. Um, There's definitely a rainbow on the other side of that storm and um, you're a survivor and I'm proud of you. And for those of you that made it out, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, some days might be hard, but you're a survivor and you made it through and you're worthy to be on the other side and you deserve the best in the world. And I'm proud of you because it's not easy. It's one of the hardest things you, anyone has to do um, is to get out of uh, an abusive environment. Um, With that being said, I guess I'll leave you guys with that. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. Uh, And just keep the awareness Okay, uh, it's important. Those of us going through it and have gone through it, we need this. So please be there for us. Thank you. So anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Drink your celery juice, make moto moves, get out there and get your free therapy and um, stay strong. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. And love you guys. Bye. If you haven't yet checked out the book, My Moto Mommy on Amazon, please check it out. Um, And also, if you're not following the TikTok page or Instagram, give it a follow, share. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please reach out to me. I'd love to have you on and be able to discuss whatever you like to talk about. Um, So yeah, uh, follow, share, and subscribe. Thank you. Bye.